Welcome to Cardboard Conjecture. We're a podcast about board games where we have opinions and conclusions formed on the basis of incomplete information. This episode of Cardboard Conjecture is brought to you by these great Saskatoon businesses. Amazing Stories Comics on 8th Street, Dragon's Den Games on 8th Street, and Breakout Escape Rooms on Faithful Avenue. Welcome to Cardboard Conjecture. I'm your host, Norm. I'm Ryan. I'm Ian. And on this episode, we're going to play, we're going to think, and we're going to talk about some board games. And uh, we're going into uh, the mechanic series. And I usually pitch it to you guys, but it's my turn. So we're going to go into multi-use cards as our mechanism, mechanic series. Where cards have split personalities. Cardboard Conjecture is proudly sponsored by Amazing Stories Comics on 8th Street in Saskatoon. They are the winner of the Joe Schuster Award for Best Comic Book Store in Canada, and they were also nominated in 2016 for the U.S. Eisner Spirit of Comics Retailer Award presented at Comic-Con. Amazing Stories, amazing collection of comic books, board games, puzzles, and collectibles can be found in their store or on their new online website. And we're back. This is Cardboard Conjecture. Let's talk about what we've been thinking, doing, playing board games. And um, Ian, you love this game. So let's start off with that. Yeah, now that we're getting game nights again, uh, one that my wife actually requested was Terra Mystica. Because we had a couple of games and she's like, why haven't we played Terra Mystica yet? I mean, people are coming over. Let's play Terra Mystica. So uh, we broke that one out and got that to the table again, which was so nice. <laughs> I yeah. love Terra Mystica. It was, it was so good to play it again. Um, and honestly... This was probably, and it wasn't me, I didn't win, but the winner of this game was probably the best played game of Terra Mystica I've ever seen anyone play. It was an impressive feat. He was like, he almost lapped the last player person in a hundred score track. Like he was, he destroyed, he dominated. He was the Yetis, which is one of the expansion races. Uh, And they're, they're a pretty cool race because one of the things with Terra Mystica is you can get like extra resources and extra actions by using magic, which are basically this really intricate system of moving um, these power tiles around. Uh, I'm not going to get into explaining the system because it's probably <laughs> the more com- the most complicated part of the game. But if you're able to do that and you have enough manage- magic to spend, you can get these extra resources. And those are usually some of the high demand stuff. Like when you talk about euros and um how interactive they are sometimes some are more than others but most of the time with euros it's like somebody's taking something before you do and in terra mystica it's these extra bonus actions that you're you have to plan your turns around because you're like okay i need these extra cubes but i've got to make sure i plan so i can go for them right away so that this person over here doesn't go for it because if they do then i messed up 
Mm-hmm. Uh, but his power, he can take them even if somebody else took them, with it, which is <laughs> which is awesome. Like that's a it's a great ability, and he used it to great effect. Um, it was yeah, it was just such a good game to get back out. I I really I really love Terra Mystica. I was the engineers who build bridges really well, and I don't think I used them very well, but I did my best. Uh, but I only got two cities. Yeah. I think with something like that, you want to try to get three cities if you can, because that's where most of your points will come in. Because yeah, it was, I was say you're, you're you're probably you're probably trying to link or like trying to create a power turn where you're like linking two cities together or something like that yeah. at the same time or yeah, creating two cities or. I found them very tough to play. Actually, I th- I found that was like I was nowhere close to contention for the final uh, scoring of how many tiles you could take over which is where a big chunk of the points are at the end of the game. And I just was nowhere close. <laughs> to, I think I think you have to, uh, I had to abandon that idea altogether and just go for points in other ways, which I don't think I capitalized on very well. Here, here's a request I have for you guys. Um, this summer, anytime, you guys have to teach me how to play this game. We can do that. Well, I'll, I'll I'll just teach you Gaia Project, which oh, oh, oh we're gonna get into that discussion now. All right, all right. I think Brian we, just dropped the gloves. Yeah, at some point in time here, we're gonna record our uh, Terra Mystica versus Gaia Project. Ding ding, and the match is started. So you, uh, it was it, so you were astounded at the efficient play of an opponent. Yeah, it was a, uh, it was impressive. I've played a lot of games of Terra Mystica. That was probably the best one I've seen played. So, all right, he was probably so you thirty were a, points you ahead were of me. You were a willing, willing uh, um, non-winner. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we're not going to say that. Um, uh, Ryan, do you want to wrap it up with the stuff on the, about your your? You got a big idea that you're going to talk about. Sure, I'll and put, it's not going to take that long. Well, I'll, I'll do mine, and then you can then you can because I I, I want to know what what all the stuff that you brought and played. So. <laughs> Uh, the, what I'm going to quickly uh, talk about is 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 succinct because it's a small game. Air, Land, and Sea, uh, designed by John Perry and published by Arcane Wonders, and uh, it's one of these. <laughs> a lot of people use it's a filler game. Um, it's not, okay, let's just call it a filler game. It plays 15 to the 30 minutes, and uh, what it is is Air, Land, and Sea. So three, you have three. Um, areas of, of combat or three uh, arenas or, or you know, um, uh, spheres. And uh, what you're doing is that uh, there's a deck of cards that has uh, from one to six, um, uh, one to six, let's say, so the three areas are air, land, and sea. So it has air cards that go from one value to a six value and then land one value to a six value and sea one value to a six value. Uh, and like all good games, if the card has a high value, it has no power. A special powers card with a low value has a lot of special powers so keep that in mind so how this works is you uh, we shuffle up the 18 cards then we randomly deal out uh, six to each person and meaning that there's a little deck so not all the cards are gonna be in play and the 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 how you win the game is you get to 12 points how you win the points is um, at the end as you're playing your game you can play out all of these cards because how you evaluate at the end of the card play is whoever has won two theaters of combat wins six points if you've played out your whole hand. 
here's the cool thing about this game. If you're looking at your hand and you're like, I am not going to win this. You can bail. You can be like, I, I, I'm folding. And if you have five to six cards and you fold, then your opponent only gets two points. But if you're like, oh, I could play this out, but I might get tanked and I might lose six points. If you do that twice, boom, that's 12 points. That's the game. Wow. D Dave uh, Stevenson from uh, Board on the Air came over and we played this game. And for such a simple little game, uh, the powers on the cards were so incredible. Now, again, the backside of the card, you can play the backside uh, of just a value of two. Now, here's the rule is you have to play the card to the theater of combat that it represents. But like I said, there are some cards that will say, hey, guess what? That rule is broken now because this card's in your tableau. So how it ends up is the, the value that you have versus the value that the other person has on the other side. That's how you determine who wins. This was, again, coming back to uh, uh, a uh, previous episode, Bang for Your Buck. This, I'm starting to see that this game has a lot in the box for a simple little mechanism. Um, and, and the fact that there's six cards that don't come out. So, I mean, card count all you want. You can't predict what's not in that hand of combat. And the tactical, the tactical interpretation of your hand and how, I mean, I think, Ryan, your math brain doing the evaluation on, on the potential points that you have versus the, oh, man. Like, my brain gets crunchy thinking about this game. All right? It's uh, frustrating because... Yeah, so, so so if you played with me, it's not a 15-minute game. It's an hour game, right? <laughs> It'll be like, Ryan went into a coma. <laughs> uh, put a mirror to his, to his mouth. Make sure that he's breathing, okay? Um, but yeah, no, I, I highly, if, this, uh, if, if you see this, this is one of those games where um, uh, it's, it's, a, it's an awesome brain cruncher. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. It's so much, like you said with Terra Mystica, I, I have no problems losing this game because... Holy moly, when you get outplayed, it's nice to see someone go, oh, guess what? My last card makes my whole tableau work. Click. <laughs> By the way, thanks for that six points, right? Nice. Um, yeah, you can get you can get completely uh, slew-footed in this game. So, yeah, that's uh, air, land, and sea. Ryan, you went cool. to the lake. You went to the lake, yeah. didn't you? I went to the lake, and then at the... When this episode drops, I will be back at the lake. And <laughs> one thing that I want to do, and my, my, my goal every time that I go to visit my, my, my parents up at the lake, is they, they like playing games. They like playing card games. And what my goal is eventually is that I'm going to weave some of these hobby board game card games in, 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 into, into the mix. Because... They're the diehards that love to play Canasta and Kaiser and Crib and like the the the, the classic card games yeah. that I grew up and played a bazillion times at, in in my youth and everything. So I packed my uh, I have a Quiver Time Quiver, which is a, a card carrying case, and I packed it full of games. I actually ran a contest <laughs> just just yeah, just, just on a, just 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 on a whim. Uh, just pulled out a bunch of cards and. And, you know, line them up with their with their backs facing and ask people to, to guess um, the games that I had in there. Uh, I don't think Ian did very well. Got four. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so the, the results of that contest are going to be coming 
um, shortly. Um, some of the games that like my, my parents really like really like are um, things that enjoy dice too. So a staple that it was, that I have introduced them to uh, is actually not in my quiver. I I pack actually the box is a game called Las Vegas. Oh yeah. And they they love Las Vegas. They love the chance to just roll some dice, play some dice. Whoever has the most dice on a particular location, you get the majorities of the money type thing. Love it. They they just absolutely love it. So that's one game that has been successful in converting them into some hobby games. Um, on the exact almost the exact same lines, they love playing Roll for It, which is <laughs> along that same line of just rolling some dice and trying to match the values on a card. And if you can match the values before somebody else, you get the points, and it's a race to so many points. Um, and then I started introducing them trick-taking games. Now, Ian always t- tells me that every <laughs> trick-taking game um, can just be used with a simple deck of cards, which probably which, is the case. Which you can't. <laughs> um, um, but this last time is I introduced them to The Crew. Uh, forget what the what the, the subtitle is. It doesn't really matter, That's but it, it's bad. because it is a... It's a it's a cooperative trick taking game, which is just fantastic because and there's a whole bunch of missions you have to take the I take the rule book with me because it has all the missions in it, and essentially what the missions are is that you have to make sure that uh, like the earlier ones is usually um, so and so whoever has the this particular token in front of them, they have to be the one that takes this particular card that's that's in the game. So you have to kind of we you have to kind of try to communicate loosely on how you get the get that person the card and the communication is very limited like once per game you can lay down a card in front of you and you can either tell the people this is my highest of this rank this is uh, my only of this rank or this is the lowest of this rank card that I have and that's the only communication you can do and then there's actually some missions where you're not even allowed to do that you have to actually go blind there's so many. There's I think there's 50 different missions. Yeah. In the, so in an evening, we managed to get through, I think, about eight of them because the gameplay cool. is actually really, really, really fast. Like how long it takes to do a, a round in a trick-taking game. That's a game of the crew, essentially. But, hmm. you, but there was a couple of ones that we had to do redo because my mother couldn't grasp early on what we're actually. She's just like, <laughs> I'm taking all the tricks. I'm like, no, no, no. You, you don't want to take the trick. You don't want to take this one because dad needs to take this one because he's got the token. Well, that doesn't make any sense. Well, who 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 got the most points here? No, 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 mom. It, it, it's, not, it's not. It's not a point. It's not a point. We're She's working together. Kaiser, yeah, yeah. We're 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 working together. Well, that doesn't make any sense. Why are we working together? I thought you said this is a trick taking game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she she's she's a slow she's a slow burn for for, for, for for us and everything. And then the last one that I introduced them to is um, uh, silver and gold. Yeah, which is a really great which is a really great game yeah. of flip and fill you flip over the card you fill in cards with a whiteboard marker it, it, it's just a lot of fun so those are the games that i've had success um at the lake introducing my parents to some hobby ish games they don't have a very much they don't have much of a cognitive load like you always mentioned norm yeah they're, they're very easy to grasp they don't take very long to play uh because my my dad's always like i don't want to learn something new yeah. this is <laughs> so that's what I've been playing. That's what I'm playing at the lake. That's what I will be playing at the time of this episode. That's what we will be playing at the lake. I, they really liked the crew. Eventually, I've, once, I've once heard my mom only got good things about it. Yeah, yeah, me too. Well, so. uh, 
with this knowledge base, what 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 are the games that you're gonna bring now? If it's like if they like this one, then they should like this one. Oh, I, I'll, I'll I'll let this I'll let this fester and grow. Ooh, uh, we, we'll, we'll probably just continuously go on chain to these. Um, because this year, I think at the around Christmas time or this fall, I think there's another another version of the crew um, coming out. It's like a deep sea adventure. This one's set in space, but a deep sea adventure one that has a whole bunch of like nice. fifty more missions cool. that you that you can play through and stuff like that. So, um, but I do want to introduce them to Bonanza. I think they might like Bonanza as my next step, but yeah, that might be a while. Way. That that might be next summer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what I play at the lake. This episode of Cardboard Conjecture is proudly sponsored by Dragon's Den Games, located in the Louis VIII Mall on H Street in Saskatoon. Swing by Dragon's Den Games and let Darren, Al, and the awesome staff help you out in search for great board games, role-playing games, miniature systems, and all of the related accessories. Be a part of their gaming communities that have scheduled events in their great gaming area. Dragon's Den Games, Louis VIII Mall on H Street in Saskatoon. And we are back. This is Cardboard Conjecture, and we're going into the Mechanics series. And it's my turn, and I chose... Uh, I threw out a few of, uh, of ideas out there, and I, I think... Uh, I think Ryan said, no, do this one. I like this idea. So I'm going to do multi-use cards. And so when I started doing the research on it and started writing this up, uh, I mean, it's pretty self-explanatory, I guess. Uh, so I'll just get straight to this self-explanatory part. Uh, the easiest definition I can muster up is it's a, a card that can be used in multiple different ways, and you typically have to choose one of the many options. So that's the concept to grasp. Now I broke it down into, not understanding that, I broke it down into uh, kind of domains where the card will have a representation sometimes of the values, right? The number on the card, which is a power level or a certain amount of something. There's gonna be a numeric uh, associated, a quantitative uh, concept to it. Like the currency uh, then, of the game? Yeah, yeah. yeah. The next one is uh, the location or landscape of the card itself, like the geography of the card. There's the top, there's the side, there's the bottom, there's the middle, mm. uh, because that is important in certain games as how you use this card. Uh, the card could be not a card. It could be part of the board, like Tiny Epic that uses cards as the board game map, right? So not just specifically a hold in your hand thing, but it's it's out in the tableau, right? Um, the uses, another domain is, is the uses, abilities, and interactions. Interactions, when we start talking Carl Chudik, we'll talk about that. Um, the card has a default value or ability, right? It can always be two gold or it's always, you know, two movement. Um, uh, it can be played in conjunction with other cards, laying it over top or splaying it or having it uh, uh, um, reveal or conceal certain things as you build these cards together in their multiple uses. So uh, that's kind of the framework of how I'm approaching this mechanism. And I think the best way for us to understand it is to just go ahead and start talking about it and start talking about 
Uh, first of all, I always like talk starting with designers and then go backwards to the games that they produce. So I've mentioned already uh, Carl Chudik, uh, who has Glory to Rome, Motainai, uh, Innovations. Uh, he, to me, um, and again, I'll, I'll, as soon as I do this one, I'll throw it up to you guys because you might have played some. Uh, he's synonymous with... Uh, having a card be able to do so many different things depending on the strategy or or the tactics that you're going to use. So uh, I remember, Ryan, I showed you uh, when we were at Falcon, I believe, I showed you innovation, and I think the front of your head popped off. Yeah, that's a pretty deep game for what for what you get with it. Now, now thinking back, that's probably a, a, a neat bang for your buck type of game, but that's, <laughs> that's besides the point. That's neither here nor there. Yeah, no... Um, Innovation does have some really neat uses of, of their cards. Um, everything, is, it's one of those, what do you say, it's one of those location cards. Because um, it's all depending on where where it actually is. What are you looking at? Like Sometimes it's only going to be the left-hand icons that are yeah. going to be visible. Yeah. Um, also, the cards can be, are used as the, the, the scoring points, right? Or, they're they're, they're, they're yeah. used as the, they're used as the points. You have to flip it over. It's now in a achievement i can't remember it's been long such a long time since i played I think, innovation or the or the uh, the actual the dogma i'm going to use the power use of the it, card use it as the power yeah. of the card uh, itself and i loved how you had the depending on the cards how you had the ability to splay your cards to reveal more resources for you to have more innovative power um so. yeah that's what yeah, that's what i was talking about sometimes you're looking at only just the bottom row yeah. of icons because when you splay them up or if you splay them to the left it reveals a different set of icons that you're worried about or looking at or now i've not played glory to rome i i know that you've you had a copy have a copy but again it's one of those games where it's it, the card you have has a, a variety of choices on how you yeah. can use it when you use that card. The, yeah, Glory to Rome is more of a game that I'm sure we're going to talk about in a little bit. <laughs> I, I, I know we're going to talk about a certain game, but it yeah. has it, it's, it's all that fact that it's the top of the card is like resources and the side of the card is like a location or yeah. the, the, the body of the card is an actual ability that you have type of type of thing yeah. in, in Glory to Rome. And then you're trying just to find the combo. Ian, you're, trying to, you, you're trying to find a combo before you can do anything yeah. else. Have you played any Carl Chetik games? I've played Innovation. Yeah. yeah. I like it quite and what do you bit. think about it? I like it quite a bit. I don't yeah. play it very often, but I wish I did play it more because it's, it's a pretty neat game. Okay. I like uh, the another... slaying idea. That's very yeah. unique. Um, he has uh, uh, Impulse is another one, and I think Red Seven. So he's he's got a quite a, a breadth of games. Uh, another designer, uh, Ignazi. Uh, oh, I'm gonna Trevius uh, Check. Yeah, thank you. Uh, he. I'm gonna I'm gonna quickly mention um, uh, uh, Robinson Crusoe because the card again is one of those multi-use. Am I going to use it for this? Am I going to use it for that? Uh, Ryan, uh, Imperial Settlers, you you taught me that one. And I, once again, you you have options, right? Mm, yeah, I forgot. I, th- okay, this is one that yeah surprised me. Yeah, I forgot about that. There are some times <laughs> that you can use a card other than for its actual ability, like its actual like building 
power. Now I'm trying to remember what it is. It's like raiding or raising. Yeah. It's, it's, it's essentially like discarding a card to get some resources. Yeah. Is that right, Ian? Yeah, I think so. But I, it is mostly that you're just playing it down on your... Yeah. On your, and what uh, we'll get into board, um, when we when we talk about the games is is a game will use it a little bit. Like you said with Bonanza, it's here's the card, but it's also the backside is coins. Well, it's multi-use, but it's only used twice. Yeah, that one's kind and of then we'll get into sense, yeah, and then yeah. we can get into some games that's like, oh, you use this thing like six different ways. This mm-hmm. is awesome, right? Um, Mark Herman, I put his name down, and and mostly uh, not synonymously connected to GMT, but he is connected to GMT. Um, but that uh, card-driven game system where you're like Imperial um, uh, Struggle, where you're either playing the event. Or you're going to use the power, right? Um, that one is, like I said, mentioned that there's only two layers of its multi-purposeness. You're either doing this or that. But uh, once again, it's a, a multi-use card mechanism in a war game genre that has. Before it was just chits and 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 you know tweezer kind of games. Now there's a card system game that is. influencing a lot because I mean Watergate uses that same uh, card driven system high treason I I like this better when you have the two options you said there's only there's two options but I like this better as a multi-use card mechanism rather than saying this card has two mechanisms you can either play for its ability or its currency like that that that's not as a deep of a choice in this type of game whereas like this card can be done. I can either use it for this or I can use it for this. And both of them have deep impacts yeah. on the, on the game state. I think I like that a little bit better and a lot multi- of the, if, if it only has two choices. To yeah. It. And a lot of the times, uh, if it's a card that has like four actions, well then it's event might not be as, as influential, but if it has only two actions, then it's event is pretty significant. So you have that play sometimes too. So yeah, with multi-use cards, I would say that the um, the balancing yeah. of cards in the in the game game design space is pretty significant. Uh, you would have to play test, and you would have to make sure you get that just right. Because you Razor's I, edge. I, I could see where things, or you could just invent something like innovation or Glory to Rome, where everything's just overpowered Broke, and everything's broken, and it's just you. It's just a race to find the find the best combo. Uh, and uh, I, I, another one I just put up there because uh, not to the same level as as the designers that I mentioned, but Alexander Pfister, um, like with Oh My Goods and New Dale, yeah. and uh, the, yeah, and again, so much that it is there to assist the narrative i believe so well so he's got he he plays around with this idea of that a card can be its ability or the card can be its uh resource type of thing and he tries to do that in different types of ways um just like um i taught you guys maracaibo yeah last year and there's times where like there's two different sets of icons on the left hand side so depending on what type of action you're trying to do you're looking at those icons or you're looking at just playing the card for it's actually its ability um oh my goods does a little bit something else with it where it's that's either the production building or it's the goods but then there's also a mechanic in the game too where there's that there's the half suns yeah and so you play one and then you have to keep discarding cards off the top until you get 
a, a second half sun, so making a full sun. And then all of a sudden, those are the cards that you have to work with for your round. So some rounds, you might not have very much to look yeah. at. But So it, it actually is also a game mechanic as, as well, just to kind of give players their options or their agency yeah. on, on their turns as well, which was something very small, but something really neat in such a small little game. Are there... Um are there any other designers that you guys can think of off the top of your head that 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 lean towards this usage of the mechanism? Mm, Stefan Feld has done a couple, but he doesn't he has he doesn't use it, utilize it very much. Yeah, um, I can only think of a couple games off the top of my head that I'm sure we're going to talk Bruges. about a, a little bit later. Well, that's yeah. one. Yeah, Bruges. yeah, that's, yeah. yeah. That, that that's like the we'll multi-use we'll card game of multi-use. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, yeah. Because I think all of us are, we could probably talk a while for that one. But uh, Ian, any designers off the top of your head that you think? Not designers, just games that I think yeah, are okay. not designers well, necessarily. Let's transition into that. Uh, I uh, I generated on our script. I, I basically with the research I went through, I saw a lot of suggest, a lot of great suggestions from uh, from uh, 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 BGG users and so on and so forth. So. Uh, I just thought, hey, let's just put a list up and we'll just take turns picking a game off here and, and either talking about how, how well it's used or how it's, you know, it's just use it, 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 you know, has only two levels of multi-use, but it's very good, right? So, um, Ian, let's, uh, let's give you a lead okay. on this. I'm going to start with the obvious one, which is I would think is the poster child for for this, which is Race for the Galaxy. Because with Race for the Galaxy, you can play your cards as either planets, which is what, you know, you're setting out your tableau of yeah. cards in front of you, which is planets or technologies. And so the cards will be one of those two. Uh, but you also use them as the resources that your planets get, and you basically slide a blank card under, and that's your resource. Um and most importantly, you use the cards as currency. So you have to pay for your cards with other cards. And one of the things that I think makes that so interesting is because <laughs> having this mechanism do that, it's more than just paying for something with currency because what your currency is, is its future possibilities, right? And you have yeah. to give up future possibilities and so you're not just thinking oh i'm giving away three dollars or i'm giving away two woods and five stones you're saying i'm giving away the chance to build this really cool planet in the future or if you really don't want to you can try to hold on to that as long as you can but and try to build up towards that and so i think it gives a really good uh it gives that thrill of making that choice and just and it just raises the stakes of the choice you make a little bit which I think is well, really and it cool. also sounds like it's initiating a strategy of play mm -hmm. too. Yeah, right on. Yeah, I think I think uh, the Race I, for the I Galaxy does a great job of showing the strengths of this yeah. mechanism. I haven't played this game uh, Race for the Galaxy a lot. I have played it, and yeah, absolutely. There's just such a devastating decision. It's like I want to play this card, but I got to pay for it with this, and uh, yeah. I want this one for next. <gasps> no. Yeah. Yeah. No, I and totally. And if you want the lighter version of Race for the Galaxy, you just uh, pick up San Juan, right? Which is like the Puerto Rico implementation of Race for the Galaxy. Yeah, yeah, I remember, it's, it's, it's uh, the exact same. It's the exact same game. Yeah, it yeah. Is, pretty much. 
I remember, uh, uh, I think it was TuneCon where you said, hey, well, let's just wait. Let's play San Juan as we're waiting for you know other people to join us. And uh, immediately picked up on it and went, okay, I get it. You have to pay with the cards to get the cards out. Yeah. So cool. Ryan, pick off the list, buddy. Sure. So you probably saw this one's near the top of the list. Arkham Horror, the card <laughs> game. Um, but this is this is a oh, weak like implementation one? of it. It's a week. It's a weak implementation of the multi-use cards. Yeah. Because it's either because it, it is an implementation though. Yeah. Well, no, because it's either I play the card for the ability, or I have to use this card as a resource. That that that's that's yeah. That's the multi-dimension. So it's like you have to weigh. It's just like what Ian was saying. I'm weighing that I want to play this card down. And I have to get rid of this card, or I have to get rid of two cards out of my hand, um, to, to in order to enact that that type of event type of thing. So, Arkham Horror, the card game, it's the exact same thing in Marvel Champions. Yeah, Marvel Champions has that exact same economy where I want to put down this ally, or I want to cost this event, but it's going to cost me a certain resource. Uh, Marvel Champions does it better because it has different types of resources. Yeah. Like the lightning bolts or the physical yeah. fists or the science resource, um, Arkham Horror doesn't doesn't really have that. There's just, it's just resource. I like the uh, I like the fact that your two examples uh, kind of checked off a criteria is that at sometimes you have to pay for cards with cards in, yeah. in the multi use card game. So I like that. That that's kind of what's coming out of the discussion. Um, I'm going to uh, jump into oh one of my favorites, Lagranha, where yeah. where the top of the card is your is what you're delivering to is your wheelbarrow. The left side is what you're planting in your field. The right side are the hogs and the cards and the economy. And then of course the delicious bottom side are the individuals that you can hire and. The choices, I mean, the the beginning of the game for me is, is I'm looking, for the first thing I'm looking at are, okay, what kind of workers are going to generate a strategy for me? If I can't find a certain worker that's got a wicked, you know, uh, event or power or ability, then I'm going, okay, I'm now looking at, you know, what kind of... What kind of market barrels do I have? Okay, I'm going to need to have cards that that have a lot of wheat or a lot of olives or a lot of you know grapes. So, um, yeah, I, I I could play this game forever just because of that idea of, and and of course any any card game that that has you know multi-use cards, the best expansion is more cards. <laughs> so. Um, yeah, I, I know you two guys appreciate this game, so I'm going to throw this out to you guys for Lagranha. Tell me, tell me how much you love this game. This is probably one of the better implementations of multi-use cards. Yeah, in a I game. Agree. Yeah, it, there's so I much choice it. on that one piece of paper, right? Like, <laughs> like what could you yeah. do with this card? Yeah, it's like a condensed. Everything we love about board games is about making choices and, and what's what are we going to go for all like condensed into this little card form. It's great. Yeah. And, and and the fact that you're never really overflowing with cards oh, in your hand in this game. Like they, I, I assume that there's strategies that you can create yeah. a card a co- economy for yourself. But generally when you're just playing this, you don't have a ton of cards. But even though you don't have a ton of cards, you've got let's just say you have a hand of four cards, you still got 16 choices right there. Yeah. 
and all and then all the, the the little side things that you can do to sell this to get that to do this to do that to oh there we go i've got a delivery on a, on on a wheelbarrow that can i mean the, the cascades that can happen with with all of these choices too i i to me like you guys had said this is probably checks off at uh has the best variability of yeah. the multi-use cards yeah and it's interesting because cards are not currency whereas most of most of the games you've got listed the duality comes with the cards have to be spent to do other things and that's yeah. not the case here at all like that's not mm-hmm. it's not present in here and it still manages to capture that feeling really well yeah good but, identification yeah i didn't pick up on that cool ian pick another game sure i'm gonna go with one off the list actually uh, it's a newer game, one I've, I've mentioned not too long before now, uh, which is Santa Monica. It is a new game uh, about mm-hmm. building up a beachfront because in there the cards do a number of things. They are the actual, like you mentioned in your initial talk there, Norm, this is one where the card itself actually makes the board. And it's yeah. and it's not just making a tableau like Race for the Galaxy because you have to make this board and people are actually going to be you're actually going to be moving pieces on that onto these location cards as well and move them on and off and stuff. So it is actually a location, but the card that you put down also determines what resources you get. It all like are you going to get more visitors? Or are you going to get more money? It also determines how you're going to score at the end of the game, and so everything. Your all your action is condensed into that card. So the card you play determines everything. It determines what your action is, determines what your scoring at the end of the game is going to be, what you get, and what your actual locations are. So lots going on yeah. in, in that game. You've you've brought this one up a few times. I, I I totally want to play this one even more now because it's like, oh yeah, that's right. There's a lot of dimension. I think that's what I appreciate the most about uh Multi-use cards are, are is is the dimension of possibilities to it. Yeah. This episode is proudly supported by the amazing team at Breakout Escape and Board Game Lounge from right here in Saskatoon. Using industry-leading technology, Breakout Escape's escape rooms are all 100% uniquely designed by the team, ensuring their patrons have maximum fun while staying safe. As well, they are a fully licensed board game lounge with over 400 titles to select from to ensure fun for every gamer new and experienced. Be sure to check them out at BreakoutSask.com. At Breakout Escapes and Game Lounge, they believe that life is more fun when you play games. Ryan, okay. you know what? I, if if you want to talk about Deus, I would be happy to listen to it. But oh. you pick. But you pick. It's okay. your pick. <laughs> well, okay, because I know we're going to talk about. I know we're going to talk about the game that I was going to talk about eventually. So I'll talk about Deus, because um, it does it. Because there is only just the duality of the cards, mm-hmm. but it, it's it's a little bit different um, of an economy. Um, yes, you can play your card as the action itself, like the actual power of the card. Um, there's different categories that you actually play them into. And actually, it's kind of a neat kind of tableau type of game, too, because once you play it, you also trigger all the other cards in that category that you've played before it, which is also which is kind of a neat category. Um, But the duality comes in is that eventually you're going to run out of different types of resources in the game, whether it's buildings or money or actually cards themselves. And so the different um, suits of the card um, 
they say you can trigger a God power. And what that means is, hey, if I discard five cards from my hand and at least one of those cards is a blue card, well, I can now disc- I can get five and whatever the blue card represents. It could be buildings. Or if I discard six cards and at least one of them is a yellow card, then I get like six money. Or if I have red card, if I have at least one red card in there, I could discard all six of those cards, get six, uh, whatever it's associated with the red card yeah, type of thing. So each suit dictates the type of resource that you can get by discarding X amount of, uh, X amount of things. Cause you are going to, you are going to run out of buildings and you have to get more back. You are going to run out of money. You have to get some more to pay for the cards. You are going to run out of the cards themselves because you're going to be doing this discarding thing. So you're going to have to replenish your hands somehow. Um, so that's the duality in Deus for, for it. So you're either playing them for their abilities or you're discarding cards to actually get the different things you're going to be using in the game. Cool. Type, type of thing. Yeah, I've always wanted to play that one. That's Yeah, so it's, it's interesting because you are discarding cards to get currency, but there's different currencies like buildings and money and cards and different types of things like that. Cool. Um, uh, I'm going to talk about... Uh, I, I love the dice version of this, but it always comes back to Fleet, uh, uh, the game Fleet, the card game. Okay, good, because I'm, um, I'm quite interested in this, so I want you to... Yeah, yeah. Um, where, I mean, in Fleet, it's it's one, like we said, the identification that it's it can be money, right? Um, it can be uh, the card, if you flip it over, it can be a captain, that captains the boat. Uh, it can be a license, of a particular species that you're fishing or it can't, you know, so there's, it has all just this one card has, I believe four different uses. And, um, it, uh, it was, it's, it was when I first started getting into the hobby, it was one of the first multi-use card games that got my brain going, Whoa, you can do way more things with, <laughs> with just a playing card. Cause I mean, it's a chunk of me. It's a billboard in your hand, and it can be anything that you code it to be, visually or numerically. So, uh, yeah, that Fleet immediately got me into this idea of okay, uh, and of course the boat itself. So it's the boat, it's the species of fish, it's the money, it's the permit, it's the being a captain, uh, it's the currency. So there's, yeah, there's so much. And again, back to that episode that we had about bang for your buck. It's, it's a small, you know, under 25 buck game kind of thing. Well, it so. sounds like it's a great example of like economy of design, right? Like doing as much as you can with the game with as little actual physical components yeah. of the game. I think that sounds like a really great example of like economy, well, a bit of co- strong yeah. economy of design. Yeah. A bit of conjecture here. I think that was... Uh, 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 Matt Riddle and Ben Pinchback's one of their first games so I think that is a, might have been one of the motivators it's like if it's a first game let's make it a cost effective game because you know you don't want to you know put too much of, of your uh, you know too much on the line kind of thing so yeah, I think it was great, great design yeah cool Ian you're up okay well I know uh, you guys are probably itching to talk about this one so let's talk about Bruges so, so Bruges is, yeah, Bruges is a neat one because the card, um, 
it's been a while since I played, so you guys might have want to remind me. But the cards, Ryan, will- <laughs> the card, the cards are like uh, you can use them for a number of different things, and the color of the card really, <laughs> the car- color of the card really matters. But basically, the card determines your action. So whatever action you take, sometimes it's just discarding the card to take the action. But you also, the goal of the game is to get, uh, you're a landlord, basically, and you're trying to get people into your buildings. So the cards on one side are the actual building, and on the other side are the people that are going to go live in that building. And so you have to build the houses before the people can live in there. Um, but Ryan, why don't you tell us what the other ones are, because I'm, I'm drawing a blank a bit. You, pr- you probably yeah. got the most yeah, game so, time. Yeah, yeah. yeah so there's, there's, there. you can use the card for one of six. I think this is the game that has the most use out of the one card um you can discard the card that to get grab the color of workers like there, there are worker meeples yeah. in the game that can trigger different things um you can discard the card to grab money depending on what that color die is showing that for that round um you can discard a card to get rid of a threat token of the same color um you can discard the card to build the next section of canal that matches that color and then it becomes the building and then there's also the person ability on the other side right. so six different ways that you can use this particular card and what's neat is that you only get you're only going to have like what a hand of five of them at, on your turn mm-hmm. and you're only going to use four of them on a particular round yeah so you can and, hold the de- on to and the decisions are difficult yeah. yeah yeah and sometimes the color of the card matters and sometimes it doesn't matter <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. It's, it's an interesting game. Ah, that's sure. such a good one. Cool. Yeah, yeah, because you're because even like the one example I I have a screenshot here, like uh the brown has a brown card. It has a person on it, but in order to activate its ability, you need a blue meeple, and so now I need to get oh, yeah, a blue. Yeah. I need I need to get that's a blue right. card to discard it to get yeah. some blue meeples so that well, I can activate that card. Part. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And the yeah. interesting thing is when you draw the cards, you can see the color of the first card you draw. But not necessarily the other ones, because sometimes you actually want to draw specific colors. But there's two draw piles. So you can, like, I'm going to take one from this pile and one from this pile and do <laughs> yeah. your best to try to uh, try to figure out what colors you can take. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I hate I hate getting hamstringed in this game. It's like, I'm fishing for a red card. Fishing for, I need a, <laughs> what? No, no red card this round? Okay, what do I have to do? Okay, what, what am I going to do? Yeah. yeah. Plan B. Yeah. All right. Ryan, it's your turn. Okay, well, I'm going to do, let's, oh, there's so many good choices here. I know, right? But um, one that I have limited experience, but I do enjoy this game quite a bit is Lisboa by Vital Lacerda. Have you played Lisboa, Norm? Yes. Did you play Lisboa? Yes, with Dave and Jeff. Probably. So um, there are cards in the game, and there are... I guess, I guess there would be three different ways that you could play the card. Um, essentially, you have a dual-layer player board, and there's a top section and a bottom section of the player board. And so one of your things what you could do is you could tuck the card into the top, and by, by doing that, you're going to be covering up some icons so that you would actually get, a, you'd get those resources that you covered up. And then whatever's left exposed um, could potentially gain, gain you some income during a during a round or you can take the card you could tuck it up top uh, sorry tuck it under uh, tuck it in the bottom and again whatever you cover up 
you gain. And then the bottom of the card will be some sort of like uh, uh, ability uh, as well uh, mm-hmm. pertaining to a resource. So like if I tucked it from the top, if I tuck it under the top, I get the resource. But if I tuck it under the bottom, now I got a sort of a conversion ability. And then also all the cards have one of the um, three politicians. And so I could play the card to the politician stack and then take that that politician's um, particular action for for the game. That's a very simplistic way of going about it, but that's essentially what the three ways that a, a card can be used in, in, in Lisboa. And of course, when you play, we always joked that Lisboa is a game of pick a card, play a card. <laughs> but when I play that card, it the, the cascading and the steps, depending on where I've played it, and how I've played it, there, there, there's a there's a recipe that you have to follow in order after after you've done it. So, yeah, there's a series of steps of if you've played it to the top of your board, to the bottom of your board, or you played it to the politicians' um, stack. There's there's a series of rules you have to follow. <laughs> but cool. yeah, the um, uh, you know what I talked a lot about uh, this designer, so I might as well. Uh, bring up one of the games uh, is innovation. Um, I've uh, innovation to me when I started playing that one. Uh, like I said, there are probably four different uses. Um, the uh, and uh, first of all, okay, back of it. Innovation is the idea of of mankind's progress through time and innovation and certain innovative moments in human history. Uh, and I believe there's like. 10 I think 10 stages of innovation and you start off at one and you try to climb and get yourself up to uh, you know uh, um, the higher stages of innovation and in doing so the objective of course like all good games is is a, is a race to certain points and um, uh, with innovation there's the dogma there's the uh, I, I, I was trying to bring up the rule book to get all the specifics but um, it is one of those games where the card itself, the geography of the card, uh, has on the bottom and on the left-hand side, and I think the right, yeah, um, the three sides have different resources so that when you go to splay them, uh, it reveals uh, um, a larger set of resources that you can um, attribute to uh, certain events that require because uh, in innovation, if you do an event that, and there's some take that in, in this game. I mean, it's to the point where a lot of people kind of, oh, this game's overpowered. But like Ryan pointed out in Glory Rome, every card combo is overpowered <laughs> until the other guy finds, you know, until the other player finds a, a card com- combo that's going to crush your card combo. Then you got to go dig in to find that next combo that is going to, you know, uh, 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 catapult you to that next innovation. Um, yeah, I will never turn down a game of this. Uh, plus, yeah, sorry. And yeah, plus, no, in this game too, it's it's the different ages. Yeah. On the cards, and then when you score a card, you actually tuck it to the uh, left hand side because you need to have a certain number of scored cards or a certain number of values to get that, an achievement. To, to to get an achievement. So there's the other way that you flip the card over. Yeah. As well, and then it also depends on what that age value the, the the later ages are more valuable in order to score achievements and each achievement is i think three or five times the point value of said achievement kind of thing so to get to the next one oh man you got to have an engine going for sure so yeah 
And again, I think the base box is a $20, $25 game. So, yeah, you, you get a lot of game for that, uh, that small box. So uh, let's, do, uh, let's do another round. I think we can, we can squeeze out another round. I think I'm out actually. Most of the games. Are you out? Yeah, most of the games on here. Well, Seven kinda, Wonders. Yeah, what do you think of that seven one? Seven Wonders is kind of a weak example, though, because most of the time you're you're actually putting the card in front of you, right? There, yeah. I guess the reason it's on the list is because you can use it to you can slide it under your board to build your wonder, or yeah. sometimes if you're really out, of, you got nothing to do, you throw it away to get some money, but. That's really the only time people really do that is to when there's nothing else they have to do with that card, basically. Yeah. Is that Ryan? Is that your favorite move? Oh, you need a science card. Well, I'm going to take this one and turn it into money. <laughs> no, I just play the science card because <laughs> you have to play the science cards to win that yeah. one. Um, did Merchants and Marauders? It uh, wasn't that one that was up your alley. That well? one is really a really is weak pretty, example. Is it a weak one? The only okay. thing I can, I don't even know what they're referring to, honestly. The only thing I can think is that you've got event cards, and then sometimes they signal what ships move and what okay. wars might happen. That's a pretty weak example. I don't really think it fits here at all. Okay. Um, the other Steffenfeld game that uses multi-use cards, not to the extent of Bruges, is yeah. La Isla. Yeah. And it, it essentially it's your hand of cards, and it's kind of like almost like an action programming type of thing where it's like you have to play a card to the top, a card to the bottom, and leave a card exposed because the cards up at the top are kind of like your abilities. The cards, I'm oh, now I'm thinking back to like many years ago. What my explains uh, top of the card is the abilities. The bottom of the card is I'm trying to pull up an example right away here. Um, the bottom of the card is oh the actual uh, sorry top of the card is ongoing benefits for you ongoing benefits the card itself its ability that you can use is the second phase and then the last thing that you could do is that you end up uh, is your scoring opportunity so you can pick a you can pick a species that you want to score for that particular round or advance on a scoring track Mm -hmm. for yourself and that's what the third opportunity is so you kind of like do i want to play it and you always and you always have to play a card to the top row so eventually there's only three slots for abilities so eventually you're going to end up having to pitch abilities to bring in a new one because you always have to do that in in, in a round and you always have to pick a um, species to advance the scoring track as well and then there's also the then the actual abilities itself and it's kind of like a little area control like game it's been a very long time since i've played it Mm -hmm. but uh it it is very interesting in that regard of the multi-uses three uses of the cards yeah essentially yeah, I did just see cool. evolution on here. That actually is a pretty good example, because with evolution yeah, cool. you're building your yeah. species, um, and then you've got the cards, and the cards are all traits that you can add to your species and make them unique, like hard shells, or they can run yeah. fast or whatever. But you can also discard the cards for a number of things. You can discard them to get more species, and so you can actually have like seven different species if you want, if you're willing to spend the cards for them. And, yeah. But they might be featureless, and they might be just there for the 
predators taking. You can <laughs> you can also use them to kind of beef up your species, like make them more populous and add to their population, or you can add to their body mass and make them actual bigger species. And so you you can decide. You can take a look at your hand of cards and decide exactly what you want. Do you really want to make your species diverse? Do you want to just beef them up and make them really strong, or do you want to just have a whole bunch of species. So it's an interesting use too. Cool. Cool. Um, I'm, I'm going to, uh, you guys have played this one a lot more than I have, but I saw it on a lot of lists and I thought, let's talk about it. Is pandemic a multi-use card game? Mm. <sighs> because no. you've got, it, it is the resource because you got to get that set collecting it is a destination, right? If you, oh, I got to use this car to go fly somewhere, or I've got to use, you know, um, there yeah. is also, mm. right? The the card is now again, it's geographically doesn't have all those different regions, but thematically, it has different uses. Yeah, so, I suppose so. Yeah, if you use them for traveling, yeah, you're right. Um, it's like you not, don't I mean, use them. You don't the use middle, them for right? tra- You don't use them for traveling. Like that, yeah. Much. It's not. It's not that often. Mm-hmm. That but it is a use. Often. Yeah. So that's and and, and I saw those details and I yeah. thought, but I it mean, fits. They're yeah, not it does game fit. changing, right? It's not like Lagranha where it's like, so many choices. It, I, a lot of the times in pandemic, I, I get the feeling that the choices of how you use the card are just logical. Right. Yeah. It's usually it's like if you're if you're really trying to figure out a specific puzzle that you're stuck in sometimes that'll help right so you're like okay yeah. well i can use this to go here and that will help us do what we need to do in this turn and the if you go into legacy legacy will add a little bit more use to the cards because you can actually attach stickers and stuff on there which will do things okay. as well but yeah yeah all right well i i think we uh i think we've attacked that list pretty well and, and brought out a lot of good examples and and discoveries too in the idea that uh, you know, some there's a, there's a, some games that are you got to play the pay pay for the card by playing the card kind of thing, and then there's some that are you know it's a default. It's always you know it's, it's either a gold thing. Um, any any closing ideas for you guys on this mechanisms of multi-use cards? I wish more games used <laughs> multi-use cards, um, and for the fact that what Ian said at the very uh, top of this topic. Um, there's a lot of decision space that's that's built into the design there for like I have a hand of four cards, but there's 16 things that I could possibly do on my turn. I, I like that. Or even like in Bruges, there's six different things that I could use this card for um, type of thing. So how fast um, can you do the beautiful mind connect the dots to? Yeah, exactly. So so, so the, the, there's lots of room for introducing like, like trying to f- figure out the puzzle. Yeah. of the game so um but i i probably could understand here that designing a game that even just has four different uses for its <laughs> card that, that that's got to be that's got to be tough that's got to be very very tough to know in order to do and they they did it really really well with um lagrana yeah like that i think that one is obviously going to be like if you were to create a top five top three list of multi-use card games, La, La, Lagrange has got to be at the top or near yeah. the top, yeah. uh, and, Bruges, of, of yeah. and, and Bruges and stuff like that. Because, man, oh man, the decision spaces in that <laughs> game just for a single card. 
I mean, even Race for the Galaxy. I mean, it's a it's been around for a long time, and yeah, just that idea of oh, I want to hang on to this card. <laughs> yep, but you got to pitch it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or you got to yeah. pitch something. You got you got to get rid of something to play yeah. that other one that you want to play. Cool. So I I like those design. I like I like those I like those decisions. So designers, if you're if anybody's listening to this podcast, <laughs> um, make more multi-use card games, please. Ian, what's your uh, what's your final statement on this? Uh, yeah, like I think a. I just think it's neat how they can do so much with so little, right? That's it's impressive. Like when you think of Race for the Galaxy, everything is done in cards. You get paid in cards. You spend with cards. Um, you're you show production with cards. Everything's done with cards, which is which is neat. And just that condensed decision making, that condensed choice is so cool. Yeah, I think for me. Uh, I, my brain always gets fired up when I see how someone has uh, interpreted the card differently. And all of a sudden I'm like, oh, yeah, I guess you could, right? That, that moment of like, oh, this is so cool. Yay, another way, right? I mean, that discovery, I think, I guess, is, yeah. is what I enjoy the most. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I see you discard that card and I'll be like, oh, I really wish I had that card. Yeah. I would have used it for something else other than just pitching it. Yeah. Well, are you, are you, what do you think? You're not thinking you throw away that card. It's got a great value. Yeah. No, I, there's, yeah, I, 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 that's for me, that was, is the one I appreciate the most is, is finding clever, new, clever ideas. So cool. Well, I hope, uh, I hope I picked a good one. Um, as far as, uh, multi-use cards and there's a, mm-hmm. a, a, a multiple ways that you can interpret this. I'm trying to find a pun to get us <laughs> out of here. <laughs> but uh, if, you, uh, if you've been listening all the way through, thank you so much for taking the time and, uh, and caring about what we have to say. Uh, that being said, I'm your host, Norm. I'm Ryan. No, wait, I'm Mr. Rao. <laughs> <laughs> and Ryan... Picking your teeth with a card does not count as multi-use. <laughs> and I'm Ian. And we'll catch you later. <laughs>This has been an episode of Cardboard Conjecture, and we are Bridge City Board Gamers. And you can find us on Facebook at Bridge City Board Gamers Saskatoon. You can find us on YouTube, Bridge City Board Gamers. We are also on Twitter, at BC Board Gamers. And of course, Board Game Geek, Guild number 3039.